This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. As we start a new week of broadcasting, we're going to be talking about the difference between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. And if you have your Bible, we encourage you to turn to chapter 1, in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to begin at verse 18. Verse 18 and 19 reads as follows, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever, I will set aside. You know, Junie, just by before we get into the specifics, with God, it's either yes or no, heaven or hell, uh, righteousness or wickedness. And this really shows that when we come to the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus, there's nothing in between. Because this word, as you just read, shows it clearly that the word of the cross is only one of two things. Number one, it's either foolishness to those who are perishing, Or on the other hand, to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So it's one or the other. And so I think, Shelley, we need to ask ourselves a very important question. In whose wisdom are you living? And that is something I think you need to ask yourself and I need to ask myself. And every listener needs to ask Whose wisdom are we living in? So this week should be a very interesting study. Amen. It's interesting, Junie, because in um, verse 18 and 19, we see that Paul is quoting the Old Covenant. For example, Isaiah twenty-nine fourteen says this, And the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be concealed. This was an address to the people of Israel. So he's talking about... The wisdom of the wise men is going to perish, and the discernment of the discerning men shall be concealed. So again, lines of demarcation is really coming about very clearly. And you know, Shelley, it's also an understanding of why the Orthodox rabbis today cannot see Jesus as the Messiah, because they are discerning, but the wisdom of God will be concealed to them, And Jesus is all wisdom. Amen. And we're going to see this as we go through these scriptures this week, Junie. 
And it's so vital because of the day and the age that we're living in. All right, let's go on to verse 20. Uh, Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater or the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And again, Paul is paraphrasing something from Isaiah as well. Isaiah 19, 12 specifically, which says this, Well then, where are your wise men? Please let them tell you and let them understand what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. Again, here Isaiah was speaking of the wise men of Egypt. You know, these were, this is the cream of the crop, you might say, of the world's wisdom. But they could not produce wisdom. And of course, Paul summarized it dramatically by saying, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Junie, that's a convicting statement. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And, you know, if you really think about it, Shelley, that really is a foolish statement to one who does not know or understand the wisdom of God because the wisdom of the world to a worldly person is very intellectual and very wise, is it not? It's absolutely so. And as we see, God didn't reveal his wisdom to the super intellect or to the scholarly people, although they're not uh, omitted entirely. But you know what's amazing, Junie? The gospel is so deep, and yet it is so simple that even a youngster can understand it. And that's the beauty of the wisdom of God. There's no age barrier or no intelligence barrier. God's simplicity is the most powerful wisdom that we can see. And we see, Shelley, in verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So what you're saying is so really true, Shelley, that a man in his own wisdom cannot come to know God. And so it showed God through the foolishness of the message preached to the world, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who were saved, it's life to save those who believe who believe and trust God. Amen. You know, Junie, just looking at these verses, we see in verse 18 the word foolish. We see in verse 20 the word foolish. We see in verse 21 the word foolishness. We see in verse 25 foolishness. And it goes on and on. And you know what's interesting, Junie? I know I can't think of this psalm specifically, but remember the psalm that says, the fool says in his heart, no God. There is so, no God. They're right. So in other words, if we are foolish not to believe or not to seek out the wisdom of God, we're discarding God and his wisdom, which is so far greater than man's wisdom. And may God allow through this program, even this week, that if you're relying on your own wisdom or the wisdom of the world, that you would pray that God would impart his wisdom to us and we won't be considered foolish any longer. And one more thing, Junie, sticks out in my understanding in verse 21. The world through its wisdom did not come to know God. Just imagine if man's wisdom would allow us to know God. In other words, leaving God out of it, but we would come to know him through the wisdom that comes from man. If the world through its wisdom did come to know God, what would that do? 
that would exalt man. That would cause man to feel so superior. And that would mean that we have a lot to do with our own salvation when in fact, it's the wisdom of the God. And as we'll see, it's the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives that would make the word of God come alive that we can only boast in God, not in ourselves, and certainly not in our own wisdom. And we must remember, Junie, when you look at the epistle that James wrote, he talks about the wisdom that comes up from below, the wisdom of the world, when the word of God says, that wisdom is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And we don't want to do anything that's devilish or from Satan. We must live in the wisdom of God, not in man's wisdom. And we see, Shelley, the difference between the Jews and the Greeks in verse 22. It says, For indeed, Jews ask for signs, and Greeks search for wisdom. So we see here that the uh, natural man of the Jew who does not know if God exists will seek for signs, but the Greeks search for wisdom. And it's an interesting thing because the intellect can really deceive us That's if right. our minds are not renewed. You know, we think, you know, the world applauds intellect, and yet that intellect, the wisdom of man, could really be a deterrent preventing us from coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus, living in the wisdom of God. But Junie, this whole section is powerful, beginning at verse 22, as you said. Indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks or Gentiles search for wisdom. But again, Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. Again, this is powerful. And we see for our own Jewish people the crucifixion of Jesus is a stumbling block. And we need to understand the meaning of a stumbling block. It says in Matthew 18, verse 7, Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes. It's very interesting, Junie. The stumbling block in Greek is one word. It means snare. But it's from that Greek word that we get our English word scandal from. So it's, it's scandalous for a stumbling block to come before us. It's very offensive. And very interestingly, in the understanding of the Greek word that means stumbling block, where we get our word scandal from, a stumbling block causes behavior which leads to ruin. And we see that so many of our Jewish people made Jesus' crucifixion a stumbling block. And if we don't come to understand that uh, Jesus died, which was the epitome of God's wisdom, there'll be a stumbling block, which ultimately le leads to ruin. And what's ruin? Being separated from God forever. Junie, that's why it's such a burden that we have. And I pray the church would begin to have that burden for our Jewish people because it's more than the salvation of our people. It's a vital ingredient for the return of Jesus to the earth to establish his kingdom. But there are stumbling blocks to Jews, and as you read before, and Gentiles seek out signs. But the signs that Not they signs. seek... Uh, uh, wisdom, I'm sorry, really. Jews look for signs. Gentiles look for wisdom. But it's not going to be found in the wisdom of man. It's only the wisdom of God. And which, as we see through the course of this week, the wisdom of man 
is absolutely inferior to the wisdom of God. And that's why a Gentile who doesn't know Jesus crucified through the power of the Holy Spirit would say it's foolishness. It's really true. But you know, Junie, verse 24 is so encouraging. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks or Gentiles. So in other words, for the most part, Jews look uh, for signs, Gentiles search for wisdom. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So much depends, Junie, on us receiving this greatest demonstration of the wisdom of God, Jesus dying on the cross for allowing us, for our sins to be forgiven and recognizing him, Lord, Savior, and Messiah of our people. And the word of God tells us um, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to sanctify us from all unrighteousness. So we would experience the power of God and the wisdom of God in a life-giving situation. Hallelujah. Father, we thank Thank you for the word of God. And Lord, as we go through this week, we pray that every one of our listeners will come to see the dramatic difference between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God. And they would follow through and seek out the wisdom of God, which has been available to us as believers in the Messiah, Jesus. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.